0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see
1: Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and my friend, when we say Home Group, we really mean this is our Home Group. And do you guys know that in our Russian online church, we now have Home Groups all over the world? They don't just meet with our official Home Group. We're now starting Home Groups all over the planet. Is that just awesome? Just like we do right here. Just like we do right here. And we're so glad you're part of our home group. We consider you part of our family. And in fact, just before I came in here today, I went on our home group from yesterday and I read all your comments. I tell you all the time that if you're going to write it, I'm going to read it. And not just me. We have a whole team that reads your comments. We're praying for you. I went through every single prayer request in yesterday's comment fields. And before I did anything else today, I prayed for every one of you. That's my promise. And so if you want to communicate with us, you can just do it right there on social media. You can send us an email. If you need prayer, you can call us. We are really praying, people. We're here for you. But Denise, I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Rick. And I'm so glad to be here. Home group, welcome. And we know this one thing, the Bible says that when we're gathered together in His name, there he is in the midst of us. And I'm looking forward to see what he does in these next few minutes. And he didn't say he had to be in the same room. And because of Internet, we can all be
0: together all over the world. Here we are. Jesus, be with us tonight. Joel. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you. And if you have a prayer need, please call us. We believe in the power of prayer. Just call us and we'll put our faith out with yours so a miracle can happen in your life.
1: We're talking this week about how to intercede for people who are in trouble, so I just want to refer to these boxes of relief because there are a lot of people in trouble right now that have been displaced. We as a ministry do not take a political position. I just refuse to do it. Denise and I have for 30 years been wrapping our arms around Russians and Ukrainians and I'm not going to pick sides, but I am going to choose that I'm going to help everybody. And right now, there's a lot of people that are in trouble, and we can help them because we live here. And because of what you're doing with your gifts, we're really helping a lot of people. And I want to say thank you so much. And if you want to be a part of this project and you have not been yet, just go to our website, runner.org, and they're on the main page. There's a place you can click. You can read all about it. If you've already been a part, Denise and I and our whole team, we say thank you the people that are being helped are so thankful. And you know what? We're being really wise with your finances. We're making sure that we're able to use them over a long period of time. So we're not just one of those people who show up and helps at once and disappear. We want to come back and come back and come back and come back. And that's what we're doing. But in the regular TV program this week, we're doing a series called how to intercede for people who are in trouble. Denise, everybody knows somebody that's in trouble. In fact, I just read in the comment field on Facebook yesterday, several people who heard a teaching that I did and they said, please pray for my son. He's veered from his faith. Please pray for my spouse. My spouse is not living right. We all know somebody that's in some kind of trouble. Well, how do you intercede for them? What do you do to help them? That's what we're talking about this week. You need to order this. And it comes with a study guide, which is free. Get everything free, just go online, download it. I promise you, when you see this study guide, you're going to say, that is amazing. Just the punch of a button and bam, it's in your computer or it's in your device. So go get yours at runner.org. And we're offering you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. You know why I decided to pair this with this series? Because sometimes when people get off track, we get mad at them. And when you're mad at them, you can't help them. That's a word for somebody. When you're mad at the people that are in trouble, you can't help them. You need to feel compassion toward them. You need to forgive them. Give them the gift of forgiveness. Then you can do something to help them. This is really powerful. But hey, guys, I'm so glad you're here. Joel, did you want to say something? I do. I have a question.
0: Yes, sir. So we've we've been talking about a lot. We have trouble. His uncle Abraham pulled him out of trouble a few times. Mm Mm-hmm. Where was his parents? How old was Lot when all this started happening?
1: Well, according to the Jewish rabbis, Lot's father was Abraham's brother. His name was Haran. And he was burned to death. By whom? According to the rabbis, the oldest literature, he was killed by Nimrod, the same king who built the Tower of Babel. And when he was killed, basically, Abraham took him like his own son. Well, Abraham and Sarah had no children. So it became like their son. That's why it was so hard for them to leave Ur of the Chaldees without him. he would be like leaving their child behind. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 all we know. And you can't verify that by the Bible,
0: but that is what very ancient rabbinic literature says. But right. let's go back to Jesus. My Genesis. next question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so we talked about chapter 13, how Abraham and Lot tried to figure out their problems because they're their servants, their people were having conflicts, and so they decided to separate. Right. And Lot decided to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, not really. He said he was going to go to the valley. The valley. Okay. So, in verse 14, the first sin says, and war broke out about this time, and Lot loses everything, and he's taken, and he's captured. He's taken, cap- but that's, that's right. And here's my question. So, Abraham goes in To save his nephew. Mm -hmm. So his nephew loses everything in this battle. And goes right back to Sodom. He has all the opportunity to go back to his uncle because there's no more conflict between their servants. But he decides to do what he decided and go to Sodom and Gomorrah. He went right back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Why didn't he go home? Because he abandoned the walk
1: of faith. He had made the choice to live in the lap of luxury. He was going to go another way. Here's what he doesn't understand. When you walk in faith, you'll end up in the lap of luxury. That's where you're going to end. You're going to end up in blessing. But there's a process to get there. So he
0: chose a lower kind of blessing. And I just think it's amazing. The next time we see a lot is when Sodom and Gomorrah is about to be destroyed. And Abraham is negotiating for at least ten righteous people. Well, let's go right there. Genesis 19, verse 1. I have a question. So, in between when... Lot lost everything because if he was everything was taken away uh-huh. to where he shows up again. Okay. So many amazing things happen in Abraham's. A life. lot. Good lot, things. Lot missed out on so many amazing things if he would just stuck around. The blessing of Melchizedek, the Lord's covenant with Abraham. Uh, just so many things. Abraham Abram is named Abraham. Sarah, Sarah is named Sarah. The son is promised to Sarah. So many things Lot just missed out on because he decided to stay with his decision and move to Sodom and Gomorrah. Those are very good points. And I think that it's very sad that and, I, and remember what Jesus says. You know, if you stay to the vine, you'll you'll be you'll be fed. That's good, Joel. And I think for Lot, Abraham was his his vine. His vine, it was his source. Hey, I want to say something because
1: there's a lot of people who have left churches they were supposed to stay attached to. They got out from under their covering. Maybe they were disgruntled or they just didn't, they were asked to do too much and they just decided to take it easier somewhere else. I recently visited a church and when I went into the church, I wasn't speaking, I just showed up unannounced. It's okay, nobody ever knew I was there because there were no lights. (laughs) I don't know, I don't understand this new thing of everybody sitting in darkness. When the Bible says God is light, I always think turn on the lights. I like to see who I'm worshiping with. I sat on the back row, and I looked around the room, and do you know who it was? The whole room, I would say 80% of the room, was filled with people about our age, sitting in the dark with a worship team, young, 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 and nobody was singing. They were just being entertained. And when I looked around the room, I began to recognize some of them. This was in Tulsa. And I realized these are people who have left where they served and they've come where they can just sit in the dark and no requirements. They're just sitting there. They don't even sing. Just sit in the dark and leave. Earlier, they were involved. They were seeing the power of God. They were activating their faith. But now they've separated and they've, and I'm, maybe that other place is, maybe it's okay, I'm not criticizing it. But I'm going to tell you, a lot of those people once walked a higher walk. They separated from something that God wanted them to remain attached to. But guys, we got to go to Genesis 19. Let's go there. Genesis 19, 1 says, mm-hmm. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And we know that the two angels looked like men. The Bible already tells us that. And we're taught in Scripture. Hebrews chapter 13 says that you can entertain angels unaware. Denise and I once had an encounter. 100% it was an angel. It was an angel. I even said to this person, where are you from? And the answer was, literally, this is what the person said. Heaven, of course. (laughs) Shivers went all over us. (laughs) And when the person left, Denise said, I'm going to run out to the door and see if I can find that person. There was no person. We were entertained by an angel unaware. Well now, two angels who look like men show up in Sodom and guess who's sitting in the gate? Lot. What in the world is he doing in the gate of the city? This is a righteous man. Only leadership of the city sat in the gates. That was their seat of authority. Well, for Lot to be in the gate of the city means he has to be approved by the people of Sodom. They're not going to put somebody in the gates that does not endorse what they're living. So for Lot to sit in those gates means he's become so blended in, he's become a Sodomite. That is, This righteous man's become a Sodomite. He's one of them. That doesn't necessarily mean he's doing what they're doing, But neither is he correcting them or confronting them. He is just blended in. Now he's sitting in the gates. And the Bible tells us that these angels came. Look at verse 1 and 2. There came two angels to Sodom at evening. Lot sat in the gate, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. He bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house. Tarry all night and wash your feet and rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay... But we will abide in the street all night. Two things were going on here. First of all, Lot did not want them to be in the streets at night. He knew what they were going to see. He knew it. And he knew if they saw the reprobate behavior of that city, that city was going to be destroyed. So he's trying to coax them into his house and off of the streets at night. And they said, no, we're not going to do it. We didn't come here to have a
0: party with you. We're here to have an investigation. Joel. I want to ask you, these angels look like men. They do. How did Lot recognize these two? I don't know. Have no idea, but he did. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I was just thinking about. I think as, as backslidden as he was, he still recognized spiritual things. He did. Well, he's a saved man. But look at verses 3 through 5. It says, He pressed upon them greatly. I'm begging you, please come to my house. He was not trying to be hospitable. He was trying to protect the people of Sodom. So that they would not see what's really going on there, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast and did bake and lovin bread and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all people from every quarter, and they called unto Lot. And said, where are the men that came into thee this night? Bring us out into us that we may know them. Men of all ages, young and old. Surrounding Lot's house. Which also means he was so notable in the city. Everybody knew where he lived. And they all showed up at his house and said, hey, those men. Why are you keeping them to yourself? Bring them to us. That we may know them. Know them doesn't mean that we might shake their hands. It's talking about gang rape. They wanted to rape these men. And the Bible tells us, verses 6 and 7, Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and listen to what he said and this will tell you how blended he's become with the city. He said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. He calls them brethren, brothers. Even though he was a righteous man, He had become a Sodomite. Brethren. I'm not saying that Lot was guilty of sexual perversion, but he was one of them. That is just amazing. This is the same Lot who walked in faith with Abraham. The same Lot who once helped build altars. The same Lot who experienced the preservation and protection of the Lord. Now he's calling Sodomites his brethren. And in verse 8, He says, don't do such a wicked thing, rape these men. And to show you how reprobate he's become, and by the way, Christians can become reprobate. You know, Denise, when you and I were kids, and probably when you were kids, if you called somebody reprobate, that was really bad. You reprobate. We didn't even know what that meant. The word reprobate, the Greek word adikimos, describes a mind that can no longer think normally because it's flawed. What was once created to be brilliant is no longer functioning the way it was intended to think. It's been ill affected. Sometimes I'm hearing what politicians say and what they're saying is just so crazy, but they really believe what they're saying. Endorsing transgenderism, abortion, and they just are firmly convinced this is right. They're in their thinking. They really believe they're right. It's because their mind has been ill-affected. They no longer are able to discern what is right and what is wrong. And now we find how reprobate this righteous man's mind had become in verse 8. He says, Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known men. Well, that's interesting because you're going to find out later these two daughters are married. He has sons-in-laws. So he's got a real problem in his own family. The perversion of Sodom and Gomorrah is in his own home. His daughters have married men, but they've never had a sexual relationship with their husbands. They're just legally married. They've never known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do you unto them as is good in your own eyes, only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came unto they the shadow of my roof. That's the equivalent saying, you know, it'd be really bad for you to rape these two men, but I do have two girls, and they're virgins. You can have them do whatever you want to do with them. But better not to touch these two men. That's, that's just not right. Well, honey, you have to be 20, plenty twisted to think that that's okay. He could no longer see what was right and wrong. It's like Isaiah 5.20 says, not
0: able to discern what is light and what is darkness. All he had to do was say, hey, angels, I need you to help me out of here. But he didn't do it. He, but they did it. He tried to hide it.
1: He tried to hide it. But when you get to Genesis 19, 9 and 10, The men of Sodom and said, This one fellow came into sojourn, and now he's going to be a judge. Now we'll deal worse with you than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. In essence, the Sodomites said, Wait a minute, wait a minute. You are going to tell us what's right and wrong? Excuse me, who are you? You live right here. You're one of us. You're going to preach at us. What is this about? He has no testimony among the people of Sodom. He's a righteous man. They don't even know it. He's a saved man. They don't even know it. And if the angels had not intervened, they would have raped Lot. But the Bible tells us in verse 10 and 11, the angels, the men, put forth their hand, pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door and smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great. So they wearied themselves to find the door. Now imagine they so consumed with lust rather than say,
0: we can't see. We've lost our
1: sight. They're saying, can somebody find the handle? Where is where, the door? Let's find that door. They can't even see. And that's what sin does to you. It twists you. It distorts your view of things. It's just amazing. But God saved Lot. Why? You're going to find out tomorrow it was because of Abraham. It wasn't because of Lot. Lot didn't even want to be saved. Maybe you know somebody that doesn't want to change. They don't want to be saved. They don't want to be delivered. Well, then you pray. God will do it for you. And that's why I want you to go online and get the study guide called How to Intercede for People Who Are in Trouble. This will show you how to do it. But we're out of time, but we're gonna come back tomorrow and begin right here. See you tomorrow.
0: If you enjoy that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.